afternoon report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Trump landslide. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. Donald Trump trounced the competition in last night's first-in-the-nation Iowa caucuses. The victory means the former president cements his status as the GOP frontrunner. We want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. Ron DeSantis came in second, edging out Nikki Haley by just a couple thousand votes. We thank you for your effort. We thank you for your support. You helped us get a ticket punched out of the Hawkeye State. Haley finished third and is staying upbeat, heading into the New Hampshire primary next week. Our campaign is the last best hope of stopping the Trump-Biden nightmare. Fourth place finisher Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out of the race and has endorsed Trump. In fact, he'll campaign with the ex-president next week in the Granite State. We're going to do our part now going forward to make sure Donald Trump is successful as the next president of the United States. Trump scored an historic win in Iowa by winning more than 50% of the vote. His victory due in large part to evangelical support. Support. Nearly 60% of evangelicals voted for him in Iowa. Pollster Justin Wall. Trump has a massive and indisputable lead. DeSantis and, and Haley were very, very close, but Trump beat them both by a margin of over two to one. That's massive. How massive? Here's political analyst Steve Kornacki. 99 counties in Iowa. There's one county that Trump didn't win. And I want to show you how close Trump came to go in 99 for 99. Check this out. One vote. Wow. One vote in Johnson County, and if it had flipped, Donald Trump would have won there, and he would have gone 99 for 99. That's what they call a blowout. Next up for the candidates, the New Hampshire primary a week from today. The other big story today, dangerous weather. Correspondent Aaron McLaughlin in New York City, which got its first measurable snow today in more than 700 days. The deadly Arctic blast is gripping more than 80% of the country. There's so many car accidents. It's really bad. To the south, a state of emergency declared in parts of Tennessee. Nashville and Memphis feeling wind chills in the single digits. The storm also creating chaos in the air, with more than 4,100 flights canceled nationwide on Monday and more than 8,000 delays, according to FlightAware. Across the country, schools are closed due to the cold from Denver to Buffalo. And New York City is finally feeling the freeze after 700 plus days of no substantial snow. It's not going to be a big snow. It's just the idea that we haven't had snow in so long. So yeah. it's, it's foreign to us. The brutal cold has killed at least 12 people in half a dozen states. Reporter Bruce Marcus continues our coverage from snowy Milwaukee. Three homeless men in Milwaukee are believed to have died from hypothermia. The city and state are in the midst of a brutal cold wave. In some places, temperatures have only reached single digits, with lows well below zero. It's led many communities to open warming centers in libraries and shopping malls, and people are being urged to limit their time outdoors. So cold in the Midwest today that parts of the Mississippi River have actually frozen in Illinois. 87 million Americans under wind chill, warnings or advisories. Meteorologist David Parkinson. We will be breaking records as far south as Alabama. In fact, you're actually going to get down to a low of three degrees today.
today. Closer to home schools this morning in the eastern twin tiers delayed or closed due to poor road conditions and those lake flakes will pile high starting this afternoon south and east of Lakes Erie and Ontario. Jim Mitchell at the National Weather Service says once it starts it won't stop for several days. Total snow accumulation and, and again most of that is going to fall from very late tonight and through the first half of Wednesday night and we're looking anywhere between one and two feet possibly uh, with some isolated areas uh, the most persistent snow is possibly seeing upwards of three feet. Mitchell says the worst of the snow will happen Wednesday afternoon and evening again that's for the lake belts of western New York and northwestern Pennsylvania. Lake snow warning in effect from one o'clock today through 7 p.m. Thursday. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's been released from the hospital. The 70 year old was at Walter Reed Medical Center for a couple of weeks for treatment from complications related to prostate cancer surgery. For several days, though, nobody knew about it, including President Biden. The U.S. Navy seized a batch of weapons meant for rebels in the Middle East. In an operation which left two Navy SEALs missing in rough seas, the U.S. Navy intercepted a cargo of Iranian-made arms, including missile warheads, bound for the Houthis in Yemen. The U.S. Central Command says it is the first seizure of advanced Iranian weapons bound for Yemen since the Houthis began their attacks on commercial shipping. Pentagon correspondent David Martin. The International Monetary Fund says a lot of jobs done by humans today could be replaced by artificial intelligence in the not-too-distant future. The IMF warning that 40% of jobs may be disrupted is not a surprise. What it is instead is a wake-up call because this technology is not going to slow down. People are going to find new ways to use it, and it is going to change the way people work and interact with computers. CNET's Ian Shure. An NFL stars played his last game. Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey announcing his retirement to his teammates last night following Philly's loss in the playoffs. Whenever you're older in your career, you know you never know when that's going to be. And you, know, you step off the curb one day and you know that could be the end of your career. The 36-year-old is the older brother of Kansas City Chiefs star Travis Kelsey, also known as the boyfriend of Taylor Swift. Still to come on the Noon Report, more lake flakes in the forecast. The Bills move on, Philly goes home, and what can $233 billion buy? The Hochul budget went public today. Good afternoon, I'm Kevin Williams, tracking some snow and more cold air heading our way. I'll have forecast details in 10. All right, Kevin, we'll look for you then. Let's check the stories making news across New York and Pennsylvania, facing ballooning deficits and a growing migrant crisis. New York Governor Kathy Hochul today unveiled a $233 billion state budget proposal. The spending plan does not include any broad-based tax increases. It earmarks nearly $2 billion toward managing the migrant crisis. The governor wants to increase school aid by almost 2.5% from last year and boost funding to the SUNY system by $90 million. Bills fans had to work for their seats at Highmark Stadium yesterday before Buffalo's playoff win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, many were forced to shovel their way to where they watched the game due to a mountain of snow from a weekend blizzard. A little snow isn't about to stop Bill's Mafia. 
But before fans could pile in for the game, a lot of work needed to be done. I'm ready to shovel some snow. Paid volunteers like Philip Zoll made it. showed up to dig out a stadium buried under snow. You have to shovel the walkway. We literally throw all the snow on the seats. Everyone finding ways to keep their spirits up. Go Bills, they're gonna be Pittsburgh to kill business. Host Kansas City next week. Their efforts may be helping that happen. It would make it a little bit more special. Not that we get credit for it or anything, or deserve it, but it would just make it feel like it was worth our effort and, you know, struggle to to do this here. A lot of excitement for that Bills game. Thankfully, those roads are cleared, but in areas surrounding the stadium, residents are still having to deal with all this snow. That's Spectrum News reporter Victoria Halakar at Highmark Stadium, where the Bills will be in action again next Sunday. Unfortunately for Philadelphia Eagles fans, their season is over. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Philly got blown out by Tampa on the road last night. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. We were just a little out of sync, obviously. We were just a little bit out of flow. That's always going to start with me. Uh, wasn't good enough. There's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them put their heart and soul into this. Randy Snavely has more on the Eagles' loss. The Bills win coming up in sports. No rest for the winter weary in western New York. Those lake flakes start flying again this afternoon. By Thursday afternoon, some of the worst impacted areas could see two to three feet of fresh fallen snow. Once again, Jim Mitchell at the National Weather Service in Buffalo. Snowfall will be, we could see up to two inches per hour, which obviously you're going to have near zero visibility. So very poor visibility, but the difference with this one is that the winds aren't going to be as strong. There is one period of gusty winds, possibly up to 40 miles per hour, and that's going to be Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening. A winter storm warnings just expired for Pennsylvania's Capital District, the Harrisburg region receiving shovelable accumulations. Schools in the northern tier were either closed or delayed this morning. So too were many schools near Binghamton. With temperatures well below freezing, children at a charter school in Carlisle, Pennsylvania are giving back. They spent Martin Luther King Day making blankets for the homeless. Did you pick pink because it matches your shirt? The students took part in the project because they believe that nobody, whatever their lot in life, should suffer in the cold. I'm really worried how many people need blankets. I don't know. 8,000? Organizers say the blanket drive is a good way to teach kids to serve their community. Even at a young age. A lot of people before us have given to others and we want to continue to pass that down to each generation. The children sewed together 15 blankets and pillows to give to the homeless there in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Experts offering advice today on how to keep your pipes from freezing in this week's bitter cold. Reporter Sarah Bartlett has some news you can use. Freezing pipes can lead to bursting pipes, which can cause leaks and flooding in your home. The Department of Emergency Services has some steps you can take to try to avoid that. First, it says set your thermostat at 55 degrees. Next, keep water in your pipes moving and drip cold water from the faucet if needed. You should open doors where pipes are to help keep them warm and know where your emergency shutoff valve is. For the future, you can insulate your pipes in unheated areas to help. If your pipes do freeze, you can turn off your water, then open the faucets so water will flow through as your pipes thaw. You can use heat, like a hairdryer to help, but nothing flammable. If your pipes have burst, 
Call a plumber. I'm Sarah Bartlett. Nothing worse than burst pipes. Thank you, Sarah. Two people facing charges after a child was found walking along a road in Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. It happened last Wednesday. State police receiving a report of a child on Route 11 in New Milford Township. Troopers say the four-year-old boy fell asleep on the school bus on his way to the Blue Ridge Elementary School. The driver and a bus aide failed to check that bus. After the drop-off, they left that child asleep in a seat. The boy woke up, started walking. Susquehanna County's Children and Youth Services was notified. Now, child endangerment charges have been filed. January is National Blood Donor Awareness Month, and one Western New York woman has made it her mission to give the gift of life. It takes only about 30 minutes to donate one pint of blood. Nancy Chu has donated a lot of blood. How much blood? Three gallons and one pint. I just donated a couple days ago. Not bad for a woman who admits she's squeamish around needles. Still, Chu understands the need for blood has never been greater. I'm type O, and if you're type O, you can be a universal donor. That means everyone can get your blood. Nancy Chu is a breast cancer survivor and has benefited from others giving blood. Experts say just one blood donation can save the lives of three other people. Sports is next. It's the two-minute drill as the noon report rolls on here on Family Life. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the Buffalo Bills are moving on to the divisional round of the playoffs after handily disposing of the Steelers 31-17. Josh Allen Steller. He was 21-31 of for three touchdowns. He also ran one in from 52 yards out. For Pittsburgh, it is their third wild card round loss in the last four seasons. In Tampa, the Rays dominated the Eagles 32-9. Baker Mayfield threw for 337 yards and three touchdowns as Philadelphia's defense had no answer to the onslaught. Jalen Hurts passed for 250 yards and a touchdown for the Eagles, but the Bucks' defense made it a long day for Philadelphia's offense. So next week, the Bills welcome the defending champs Kansas City to Highmark Stadium, and Tampa Bay will travel to Detroit to take on the Lions. On the hardwood, Joel Embiid scored 41 points and grabbed 10 rebounds. He led the 76ers over Houston 124 to 115. The Knicks looked to be in good shape up by 11 in the third quarter, but the Magic's offense started clicking and they came back to down the New Yorkers 98 to 94. The Nets fell in overtime to the Heat 96 to 95. On the ice, the Sabres got goals from Casey Middlestat, Alex Tuck, and Jordan Greenway. And they won their fifth game in their last eight with a three-zip shutout of the Sharks. Penguins also won by a 3-0 shutout over the Kraken. Flyers doubled up the Blues 4-2. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy. And still to come on the Noon Report, Trump in a landslide, winter weather woes, and a hometown hero with a heart for kids. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. In 2023, the Biden administration doubled down on its commitment to radical gender ideology. Federal agencies proposed a slew of regulations pushing the Biden administration's extreme pro-LGBT agenda in education, employment, and health care at the expense of children's interest 
and women's rights. That's a quote about an agenda that Rachel Morrison suggests in a recent article over at The Federalist will be back in 2024. She then identified five priorities that we should expect to see from the Biden administration this year. For example, plans are already in the works within the Department of Education to continue to impose gender ideology on school sports. Women and girls could be forced to compete with and against men and boys who identify as female. This will inevitably lead to a reduction in opportunities for females and competing for championships and vying for college scholarships. It also leaves females vulnerable to injury and to violations of their privacy. Also, Morrison predicts we should expect the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission to expand a policy that effectively erases women from one of the most distinctively womanly things imaginable, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. In addition to avoiding using the term woman to describe those who get pregnant, the EEOC, quote, went so far as to use the plural pronouns they and their multiple times when referring to a singular employee who was pregnant, had a cesarean section, or experienced childbirth, end quote. And two other initiatives will hit closer to home for more people. First, the federal government will likely continue its attempts to ban non-affirming potential parents from adoption and from fostering, even calling such parents abusive. And second, the EEOC, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the State Department have all joined forces to enforce compliance on using preferred pronouns and opening bathrooms to people of the opposite sex within their departments. These rules will also carry weight for businesses and schools who are eager to stay on the good side of federal power. Though this goes under the guise of things like gender equality and following the science, it takes the form of erasing and debasing women, denying women, especially school-age girls, opportunities, and compromising their safety and their privacy. This, all for the sake of an ideology that's as new and as fickle as teen fashion. Christians of all people should have the moral clarity to navigate such confusing ideas and strong-arm techniques. Today, the Colson Center is pleased to announce the launch of The Identity Project, the single most comprehensive library available of on-demand videos and resources that address the issues of identity, humanness, sexuality, male and female, available, all from a Judeo-Christian worldview. The Identity Project was produced in collaboration with pastors and psychologists, sociologists, doctors, parents, and experts from partner organizations like the Alliance Defending Freedom and the Heritage Foundation. The Identity Project features teaching videos of various links that can be used in virtually every teaching context, in homes and churches and schools and with friends. In addition to countering the cultural lies about sex and identity, there are videos here to resource parents and teachers and leaders to help students embrace their identity as male and female, to navigate the challenges like exposure to pornography, and to accept God's design for their bodies and for sexual morality, not to mention to help them deal with their friends who often think and live differently. To learn more, go to IdentityProject.tv. That's IdentityProject.tv. Breakpoint listeners can receive a special discount using the code BREAKPOINT at checkout. Again, that's IdentityProject.tv. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. All right, John, thank you very much. Outside we go next, Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast. The call for this afternoon, snow, diminishing to flurries across central New York and eastern Pennsylvania, another inch or two there. Elsewhere this afternoon, mostly cloudy with flurries and then developing lake snow in areas east and northeast of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. High temperatures ranging in the upper teens to the middle 20s. Tonight and tomorrow, heavy lake snow east and northeast of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Elsewhere, variable 
clouds with snow flurries. Low temperatures tonight near 10, and temperatures will struggle to get out of the teens tomorrow. All right, as Kev says, more snow for Buffalo. That's our top story this afternoon. Tuesday, January 16th, Family Life's D. Haley says the lake flakes will pile high in ski country. While western New Yorkers are still cleaning up from heavy snow over the weekend, another storm system is on the way. The National Weather Service has issued a lake effect snow warning from 1 o'clock this afternoon until 7 p.m. on Thursday. Up to three feet of snow could fall in the most persistent lake snow bands. There could also be wind gusts of up to 40 miles per hour. A winter weather advisory is in effect for Cattaraugus and Chautauqua counties until 6 o'clock this evening with 4 to 7 inches of accumulation expected. Areas of blowing snow could significantly reduce visibility. D. Haley, Family Life News. Thank you, D. The voters have spoken and Donald Trump is the winner in the first in the nation Iowa caucuses. Mark Thiessen with the Washington Times. This was the first time that Trump supporters had a chance to step up and do something to express their solidarity with Donald Trump and that's what they did in Iowa. It is a absolutely a historic victory for Donald Trump. In a landslide last night, the former president trounced the competition, scoring a 30-point win over second-place finisher Ron DeSantis. So it's now off to New Hampshire, a great place. We won it last time, and the people are great. But you know, the truth is the people in our country are great. They're all great. We're a nation in decline. We are going to turn it around so fast. It's going to happen so fast. For DeSantis, coming in second saved his campaign. He edged out Nikki Haley by a couple thousand votes. Reporter Alexis McAdams. DeSantis went all in on Iowa. He put a lot of money and a lot of time hitting all 99 counties with his team. He had the backing of the very popular Iowa governor, but he was still a distant second behind Trump. Reporter Kristen Welker thinks the big loser last night was Nikki Haley. That second, third place finish, tight as a tick. Nikki Haley's trying to say, look, this is a victory, but she's been deprived of that momentum that she was looking for. Yes, Nikki Haley's within striking distance of Trump in New Hampshire. Her very narrow path just got narrower. Former GOP presidential candidate Dr. Ben Carson says Republican voters are buying what Trump is selling. And that's bad news for both Haley and DeSantis. It's not what he says, because sometimes he says things that are a little on the inflammatory side, but it's what he does. And uh, that makes all the difference in the world. Vivek Ramaswamy, who came in fourth last night, suspended his campaign and has endorsed Trump for president. In fact, he'll campaign with Trump in New Hampshire next week. New York Governor Kathy Hochul laid out her budget plan for the upcoming year this morning. That $233 billion spending proposal does not include any broad-based tax increases. Bernadette Hogan with Spectrum News. The governor is very focused on affordability. She's seen many New Yorkers move outside of the five boroughs or even move to other states altogether especially after the pandemic. And she's been talking about the cost of living, especially housing. Housing is very expensive all throughout the state, and the governor does not want to make this more of a burden on regular New Yorkers. The governor wants to increase aid to schools by nearly 2.5% from last year. A brutal blast of Arctic air has killed a dozen people in six states. 87 million Americans under wind chill warnings or advisories. Meteorologist Janice Dean says uncommon cold covers a large swath of the country. From the border of Canada all the way down towards much of the state of Texas and now in towards Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, Oklahoma, snow on the ground. Correspondent Elaine Quijano continues our coverage. The extreme winter weather down
downed trees in Oregon and led to power outages for more than 120,000 at one point. These are power lines that are wrapped around trees and branches. On the roads, a wintry mix of snow and sleet caused havoc in the south. In the skies, airlines across the country have canceled more than 2,500 flights. And in Illinois, dangerously low temperatures, as cold as minus 20 degrees, froze the Mississippi River. Also for the first time in nearly two years, New York City received measurable snow today. You're tuned in to the Noon Report, a Tuesday edition on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm Bob Price, and this week's guest is Sandy Lenahan of Shemokin, Pennsylvania. She's created a series of YouTube videos called We Steps with God. It's all about getting the Word of God into children at a young age. Sandy begins today's conversation by explaining what motivated her to launch this effort. Well, I observed our one-and-a-half-year-old grandson in front of a YouTube program glued to it for over an hour, and I was shocked. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to have a program that was built on God's Word with lively songs and poems and all of these type of things, but kids would be hearing God's Word. My God is great. My God is great. My God is good. A lot of our audience might remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He was an influential person back when I was a kid. These videos you produce kind of reminded me of that and how they're done. If you would, just explain the, the age group and why you're targeting that age group in these videos. We're targeting children between two and six. Um, the reason why is these are really foundational years for these children. And there's no better foundation than God's Word. Yeah, well, it kind of answers my next question. I wanted to ask you um, why you believe it is so important that uh, God's Word get into the hearts and minds of young people at such a young age. Well, there is no truth outside of God's truth, and there's no hope outside from Christ, and no forgiveness apart from Jesus and what He's done. I wrote a song several times. We sing it in different verses, but there's no God but our God. He is good, he's great, and he is God. God gave the sun to give us day because he's God. He is God. And the moon to brighten up our night. Thank you, God. And for children to know that at a young age could be life transforming for them. Amen. Sandy Lenahan of Shemokin, Pennsylvania is our guest. This week's hometown hero, Sandy's developed a series of YouTube videos called We Steps with God, teaching the Word of God to young children. How many of these YouTube videos do you plan on producing, Sandy? Well, we would love to follow through God's plan of redemption. We started off with the creation. What a great place to start. Right now, we're in the middle of working through the second volume on God in the Garden with Adam and Eve, and we would love to see it just follow straight through God's redemption plan. Um, we just finished the Christmas season and heard about Jesus coming as a baby and how that Savior did come, died on the cross for us to mm. forgive us for our sins is now alive again. Well, I know there's several people that it takes to put these YouTube videos together. I did recognize one guy in the first video, your <laughs> husband, Frank, uh, who, yes. who was figured prominently. But I, I just be curious as to but the process that you go through in 
brainstorming the topics that you want to do and how you go from concept to final product, Sandy. Walk us through that uh, process. It starts out with us just reading the passage of scripture. And this is my husband and I reading together and praying through it and writing bullet points. What are the real important parts that need to come out? And then writing a script around that, putting in songs and poems and different activities. And after we write the whole script, then we put it out to the other team members and say, hey, can you just look through this? What are your impressions? So we're all working on it together. Then um, once we settle on what we want to put in the program, we'll start recording it. On day seven, what did God do? He rested from his work and blessed that day. We invite kids over from our neighborhood who have done a super job. We practice the day that they come and record on the day they come. So we practice a song and I just keep the tape rolling and when it's right, we send it. Well, you've got one video done. Genesis 1, the story of creation. Um, It's a little, I think it's a little over a half an hour long. And so you're planning on doing several more, Lord willing. If folks want to watch the initial video and see what you're doing and what We Steps With God is all about, Sandy, where can they view that? They can go to YouTube and they type in We Steps, that's W-E-E, We Steps with God the Creator. I'm a child of God. so important to get the Word of God into young people at an early age. And that's exactly what you're doing, Sandy. So that's why you're our hometown hero this week on Family Life. Anything else you'd like to say before we say goodbye? No, but thank you, Bob, for letting me come and share about this. Appreciate that. Sandy Lenahan of Shemokin, Pennsylvania, the creator of We Steps with God, a series of YouTube videos designed to get the Word of God into today's youth. Please join us again next week as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. And Hometown Heroes comes your way every Tuesday during the Noon Report or online anytime at familylife.org. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. The disturbance moving up and off the coast, bringing our region some snow today and a fresh batch of Arctic coal, which will turn on the Lake Effect snow machine once again. The call for this afternoon, the general snow that's been widespread across much of the area, diminishing to flurries across central New York and eastern Pennsylvania, another inch or two there. Elsewhere this afternoon, mostly cloudy with flurries and then developing lake snow in areas east and northeast of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. High temperatures ranging in the upper teens to the middle 20s. But tonight and tomorrow, heavy lake snow east and northeast of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Elsewhere, variable clouds with snow flurries. Low temperatures tonight near 10, and temperatures will struggle to get out of the teens tomorrow. Thursday, cloudy with some snow and high temperatures of 20. 25. All right, Kevin, great work as always at the Weather Center. Finally, an Ohio man spent this past weekend attempting a Guinness World Record, and all for a good cause. Jim Foliano is executive director of a nonprofit called Ticket to Hope, an organization that provides life-changing experiences.
experiences for people who wouldn't ordinarily get to experience them. And he's nothing short of creative in how he looks to raise funds. Foliano broke the Guinness World Record for the most high fives in 24 hours in 2023, giving a total of 15,338. And this past weekend, he was hoping to raise funds by attempting a new world record playing pinball. He started playing the Avengers Infinity Quest pinball machine at Pinball Garage in Hamilton at 9 p.m. Thursday night. The previous record was just over 62 hours, and he was on a roll, but unfortunately, Foliano couldn't finish his quest due to illness, going just over 37 hours. He hopes the funds that were raised will go a long way to help many people, and maybe he's on a roll to try another record in the future. Brian Query, Family Life News. All right, Brian, thank you for that. And just like that, we are out of time. That's our world, the world we live in, Tuesday, January 16th. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.